Hello and welcome to Learning More with the Core, your community health core podcast. My name is Keely Hancock and I'm a current social work intern with Community Health Corps, East Texas's local mental health and IDD authority. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Community Health Corps' Health Promotions Program Coordinator and PrevNet Manager, Ms. Angelica Fuentes. Ms. Fuentes is a native of Mount Pleasant, Texas and a Texas A&M alumni where she attained her bachelor's in biomedical science. She then proceeded to attain her master's of public health from the Health Science Center in Fort Worth, Texas and which led her to Community Health Corps where she has been for nearly three years. So please enjoy Ms. Angelica Fuentes. Hi, Angelica. Hello. <laughs> Am I saying it right? Yes, okay. you are. Okay, good deal. I'm so glad you came on. I have yet to experience your program, and so I am completely ignorant. So I'm hoping you can educate me on it. Can you first tell us what PrevNet is? Yeah. So PrevNet is short for Prevention Network for Northeast Texas, so that is a mouthful. So we just say <laughs> PrevNet, yeah. and we serve youth ages 9 to 20 okay. across now 12 counties. Initially, we started with nine, and now we're at 12, okay. so East Texas. And our main purpose is to prevent underage use of substances and alcohol, okay. specifically marijuana and meth. Okay. So we provide prevention services for our youth in hopes that the, we will help them learn how to cope in healthy ways mm-hmm. and not use substances. Okay. When you say prevention methods and, and coping, what kind of coping skills are y'all like using? Because I've seen caseworkers when they go out in the field and they're teaching coping skills. Are they the same type of thing or? It's a slightly different approach. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, everything is protective factors and we all want to provide everything to them. Mm-hmm. But it's slightly different approach. One, we don't do case by case. Mm-hmm. We do group settings. Okay. So we can go into classrooms. We've done boys and girls clubs before. Even churches, youth groups, like on Wednesdays, yeah. they meet together. So we do group setting. And we do a program called Too Good for Drugs. It starts off talking about how to set goals, how to manage emotions, how to have healthy relationships, what are healthy relationships? Yeah, don't we need to know that? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no one taught me. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we are getting in fourth graders, fifth graders who, one, may have no experience, mm-hmm. or two, might have all the experience yeah. and all the exposure. So we start off building those skills and polishing those skills. And then the second unit we transition to how do you apply those skills in your life when it comes to being drug free. So I personally really enjoy the program, the curriculum, and the kids really enjoy it because I don't just stand up in a classroom and and dictate and teach. Do a whole literature analysis. Yeah, no. (laughs) We play games and do role play and skits and I find that that activity part is what actually gets the kids rolling and learning. Okay, really active in it. When you went and got your master's for public health, did they teach you how to do that with kids? Were they like, <laughs> okay, so this is how you get the attention of youth? Yeah, not at all. <laughs> um, thankfully, things like internships mm-hmm. and volunteer experience gave me an idea of what it is to be in a classroom. Mm-hmm. But we are doing this program, quote unquote, if you will, post-pandemic. Yeah. So. 
things have changed. Our kiddos are different. They've gone through something, you know, that none of us expected. Yeah. So it has been different, and it's definitely a learning experience. Every setting is different. Mm-hmm. So I think, if anything, just being out there in the community has taught me a lot mm-hmm. of you never know what you're going to get, and you have to be ready for all the things. As, yeah, flexible, as, adaptable. 100%. What are you noticing how COVID has affected the kids? Because I'm not in schools. I have no idea. What's, what's the difference? Yeah. Kiddos are more aware of mental health. Really? They're able to, and again, it depends. I cannot, you know. Yeah, overgeneralize. Uh, overgeneralize. But, but, you know, these kids are aware of, you know, mental health. And uh, that was just something that blew my mind. Yeah. Because we're having, you know, fourth, fifth graders talking about mental health. Um, we are talking about, you know, their emotions and what they feel, um, how they felt when they couldn't come back from spring break, when they couldn't say goodbye to their teachers. So, even now, we're having these conversations with them, mm-hmm. and in a way, it's it's a way for them to process what has happened. And of course, you know, mental health, their social health, their physical health, all affect their overall health mm-hmm. and whether they feel safe or not, or whether they want to end up using substances or not. Mm-hmm. So even something as simple as I'm knowing that I'm there or that, you know, Prevnet team is there for them, mm-hmm. is has been important for them. And I think that's one of the most rewarding things of, of this job. Yeah, that's just, wow. They're talking about their emotions. That's, that's pretty unique. And the support, I can imagine, helps along the way. I know it's not just you and your program. How many other uh, team members do you have? Yeah, so I am the manager slash coordinator. Then we have a health educator mm-hmm. and a, a health promotions mm-hmm. um, position. So three full-time PrevNet staff. Mm-hmm. But the work that we do is in co- collaboration with partners across all the 12 counties that we serve. So juvenile probation officers, counselors, nurses, teachers, other community health course staff, other prevention specialists across other organizations like Wellness Point, SIDFI, ACADA, Next Step. So it takes all of us mm-hmm. to really, really, really root out this drug issue that we have in, in our counties. It's a village. It, it's it a village. really is. And so if you see a project, it's not just, you know, Prevnet team putting it together. It is a whole community. And that's one of the things I enjoy, getting to work with people who, who are really passionate about this. Is the program utilizing, like, evidence-based practice? Or what, what, what are the techniques and where are they coming from? When Community Health Corps got this grant from SAMHSA to create PrevNet, one of the stipulations was that our practices had to be evidence-based. Mm-hmm. So we do use evidence-based curriculum. We use the Too Good for Drugs curriculum mm-hmm. and another one called Strengthening Families. Okay. And those two are our main approaches. Now, not every organization, not every school has the staff, has the time, or the resources to have us come in for 10 weeks 40 min- minutes each week mm. to deliver curriculum to their kiddos. Yeah. 
So things like one-time presentations or handouts that we create. We create newsletters every month, one for adult and one for youth. And we distribute them by email or even print them out and deliver them to schools, to juvenile probation offices. And that's a perfect example of a request we got during the pandemic from our juvenile probation offices. Like, hey, I want something for the kids that they can do that's educational, that's also fun. See, and that's, uh, that was another question. How open to receiving this information are these facilities? Yes. So... It, it has been very, very nice to see the community receive us mm -hmm. because we started Prevnet right in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. So trying to serve the community was difficult virtually. Mm -hmm. So you really can't meet everybody's needs no. by Zoom or by email. No. You always need that face-to-face -face contact, getting to meet with other people, with students. We are very thankful that the community has opened their arms and has welcomed us. And I always say this, we don't want to just reinvent the wheel. We want to yeah. collaborate with everyone else who has been doing this for years mm -hmm. and add our little piece of knowledge so that together we can all work to end this drug use in our, in our schools, in our, in our communities. Are you seeing any differences or is there data being collected on, is this program creating any change? I mean, are kids reaching out? Are parents reaching out? Yeah, um, we just got a report done. Of course, we, we do pre and post assessments with anything that we do okay. to assess knowledge gain. And one of the things that we are seeing is that our kiddos know about this stuff. Mm -hmm. and they can process the knowledge that is being um, shared with them. Mm -hmm. And it is really, really neat to see that kids have these social and emotional learning skills at such a young age. Mm -hmm. I think that it's important that we are helping build these protective factors so that we can strengthen them. And, of course, our hope is that they will carry these for and throughout their lives. So yes, if anyone's curious to look at those numbers and the data, we have them, mm -hmm. reach out to me, I will share all the things, any data that we gather, we share with our partners. And honestly, anyone who emails me is like, hey, I'm curious to know if your program is working. Mm -hmm. We have those reports. Okay. And you know, if you want the Excel sheets, I will give them to you. <laughs> if you want the more nice, cute looking tables and charts, I can share those as She's well. She's got it all, y'all. Yeah. She's got it all. <laughs> so what happens if you get a, a child who comes up to you and is just really having issues with substance abuse or their family member is? Are you connecting them to somebody within Community Health Corps? Like, what would the process look like? Yes. It's important to note that I am a prevention specialist, mm -hmm. so I don't treat that's not my area, yeah. and you will never see me attempting to do any of that <laughs> stuff, yes. okay? So, with this position, we need to be able to know and understand all the services that are out there, not just within Community Health Corps, but across the 12 counties that we serve, if yeah. not beyond. So I have had in the past either other juvenile probation officers or even like teachers, counselors from schools, students themselves come up to me like, hey, I'm going through this, I need help. Mm -hmm. Or their parent come up to me. So we do 
connect within community health court, but also beyond. It just depends on the case by case. And what I do is get as much information as I can mm-hmm. so that I can know who to connect them with. Mm-hmm. But yes, that it just that's, to me it sounds like you're a big resource hub as well. You're educating, but you're also the go-to for these folks. You're connecting them. You're linking them. Yes, that's what we try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we all know, I'm sure, is there are plenty of resources out there. There's a lot. But some of our families don't know that. Mm. And we cannot just sit in our offices and wait for them to come to us. Mm. We have to go to them. So as part of PrevNet, we have a coalition. And we have meetings every month, except during the holidays. (laughs) But we meet and we share our resources. What's out there? What are events are coming up? Our concerns or issues or barriers? So that all of us are aware. Mm -hmm. And so from either the coalitions meetings that we have or that we attend, Mm -hmm. we gather the information from other partners so that if the need is there and is brought to our attention, we can then help meet those needs and close those gaps. Yeah. It's Red Ribbon Week when we're recording this. We're recording during Red Ribbon Week, so she's busy. I don't know how I got her on. (laughs) And so we've been to a lot of schools, Mm -hmm. all grades, even colleges. We have a great partnership with Wiley College right now. We are covering all ages and doing all kinds of presentations and workshops. So anyone interested, let me know. We will make something happen. And what's your email for everybody? Yeah, so it's my first name, mm-hmm. angelica.fuentes at communityhealthcore.com. Okay, good deal. So it's Drug Awareness Week this week. What is upcoming for the program? Like what objectives, goals, long term? What's going on? What are y'all working towards? We, we serve 12 counties, mm-hmm. and there are some counties where we're having high, high collaboration, and we are in the schools, we are in the Boys and Girls Clubs, we are serving the youth. Mm-hmm. There are some that we still need to get in the door. Yeah. So big goal is that we are in all the 12 counties that we serve, providing our Too Good for Dress curriculum or Strengthening Families curriculum. Mm-hmm and that we have partners that will help us pave the way for more prevention education. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of our big, big goals. And then of course, building relationships with people who have been doing the work for years, who care about our youth in the community. Mm -hmm. I I would like for at least people in the 12 counties that we serve to know that we exist, Mm -hmm. that, that our resources are free. Yeah. Everything that we offer is free. So from curriculum to trainings to pamphlets, everything is free. So we don't charge for anything. Oh, wow. And I, th- I think that's, <laughs> you know, something that a lot of people could benefit from. Take advantage of. When you got into public health, was this what you imagined you would be working in? Or what was your ambition yeah I knew you know going to college going to grad school that I wanted to come back and serve the community of East Texas growing up I saw the disparities in the communities and the disadvantages certain communities have I knew I wanted to come back and serve and give back thankfully I have been allowed to do that through this position things are shifting and changing but it is really nice to get to know our youth, get to talk with them, and and learn from them. Mm -hmm. So I think as a professional, that has helped me grow throughout 
the almost three years that I've been in the position, being able to interact with them and other professionals as well. So I think it's a very rewarding job. It can be tough at times when we see, you know, real life. It's not all sunshines and rainbows. No, no. But knowing that we at least are helping those in need is definitely worth it all. I agree. And I've heard it from a lot of people that I've interviewed. You know, we're constantly learning <clears throat> not only things about the community and our agency, but about ourselves, too. And I think that's the most rewarding part about being in these roles. I wanted to ask, I forgot, remember the, I wanted to see if there's like a connection there. Remember when we were kids and we had like the D.A.R.E. program and the McGruff dude? Is there any similarities between the two or what's the difference, would you say? Cause yeah. I'm sure people are thinking that. The same thing. Yeah, so I grew up with D.A.R.E. Yeah. And what we found out now is that those scare tactics are not effective. Yeah. So we, thankfully, chose this evidence-based program with that in mind. Mm -hmm. And honestly, from you know personal experience, I could have said, hey, this is what happened when I was you know in middle school yeah. back in the day. I remember it clearly. Now the data, the research shows that scare tactics are not effective. And it is more fruitful to have honest and raw conversations, mm -hmm. of course, age appropriate. Yeah. But having these conversations with our youth is important. Mm -hmm. I think that as a society, sometimes we tend to underestimate what they can understand and capture. The thing I like about this curriculum, one, it is evidence-based. Mm -hmm. So we do have the research that shows it is effective. Mm -hmm. We approach it in a more holistic manner mm -hmm. to where we're not just talking about the alcohol, the marijuana, the fentanyl. Mm -hmm. We are talking about well, let's start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. What is a goal and how do we set a goal? Mm. What goal do you have for your life? Do you have a goal? Yeah. And throughout the 10 sessions, we go back to it. Everything that we touch based on relationships, family, managing emotions, we all go back to it. You're really just starting <clears throat> at that foundation. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that those first five lessons help us build that foundation mm -hmm. helps us assess where the students are mm -hmm. and it helps us build a relationship with them because that first session I'm coming in and they have no idea who I am. Yeah, why would they want to talk to you? Why would they want to talk to me? Why would they trust me? Mm -hmm. Some of them could just tune me out if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. But I find that talking about those skills really, really reinforces that relationship so that when we're talking about the alcohol, the marijuana, their barriers are gone. The walls, they're out. So that's one thing that you don't learn, you know, getting trained for the curriculum. Mm -hmm. You learn it once you're in the field actually mm -hmm. implementing and talking with the kids. I'm so glad you can form connections with these dudes and dudettes, whatever they're called now. I don't know. I'm old. That's amazing. I wish we had that. Yeah. I wish we um, had that so much. <laughs> and, you know, for instance, just last week I had a group of high school boys mm -hmm. talking about their emotions and talking about heartbreak and things that make them cry mm -hmm. and things that they've been struggling with, mental health. Our wow. conversation was on emotions and how to manage them. Mm -hmm. That was the lesson for the day. And it went better than what I expected. 
yeah. you know? And again, it's, it's things that you don't know or you don't learn until you're there. Sounds like the youth is just so open to receiving. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it definitely takes time to build that relationship mm. and trust. Yeah, as it should. But, right, but once you have it, I think that's very, very powerful. Through connection, and so much can happen. Yeah, a lot. So, very, very rewarding. That's amazing. So, I like to ask everybody as well, are there any barriers that, that get in the way of you providing services or um, just doing your everyday job? Yeah, of course. We are in East Texas. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, you know, there are times where we need to travel mm-hmm. to the rural areas mm-hmm. and it might take us a little bit longer or we might not have a strong partnership there to be able to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Or even, even the pandemic, all the stuff with COVID mm. is still affecting us today. Yeah. We've had to reinvent and reimagine ideas and make things happen, but it's not just over. The Mm -hmm. aftermath, we're dealing with it. So learning how to pivot and expect the unexpected, Mm -hmm. I think, comes with the territory and being ready to just switch gears if you have to. And lastly, to rehumanize you for all the listeners, Self-care is very important to me. I haven't quite mastered it, (laughs) but I've seen what can happen if you don't have it. And my professors harp a lot on it. I ask everybody who comes on here what they do for self-care or self-compassion, because self-care is kind of a buzzword now. Self-compassion is kind of how I see it. And do you have any um, examples or something I can take with me and try? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So I discovered that I like going on really, really long walks Mm -hmm. and just no phone, no music, no distractions, Mm -hmm. just, you know, even like 30 minute walk, 10 minute walk, 20 minute walk of just me and nature and my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that has helped me a lot. And it's something that I learned throughout the pandemic. Yeah. When I was doing this job and, you know, being on a computer all day, Mm -hmm. wanting to interact with people and you couldn't. Yeah. I had to think of like, what do I like to do for self-care? Because yeah. what I was used to is not working right now. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that I've been doing. Of course, sometimes you don't have 30 minutes to go on a walk. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have, you know, a few minutes. But that's something that I've learned from, about myself mm-hmm. during this last almost three years okay. that I like and enjoy to do. <laughs> and then I have a puppy. Oh, and <laughs> you're busy. you extra busy now. <laughs> um, and so she has brought a lot of joy to my life. Yes, yes. as they do. So, I mean, adopt on shot, right? Yep. But I think if you're able to and, and you're a dog person, why not? <laughs> <laughs> or cat person. Or cat person, yes. My sister has three cats and I love them all. <laughs> Whatever. <Something. laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I hope I can come to your program and actually see it firsthand. But I feel like I have a better understanding of what y'all are doing and trying to make happen in the community. And again, y'all, if you have any questions or just want to know more about the program, it's your contact. My office number is 903-234-9200. And the front desk will you know, answer and then they'll transfer you over. Just say, hey, I want to talk to the Prevnet team. Mm-hmm. If I'm not there, one of us 
is always there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this week was different because it's Red Room it's Week, Red but <laughs> we will get with back with you. And then of course my email, mm-hmm. um, Angelica Fuentes at Community Health Corps. Dot com. Yeah. And if you want to know more, if you feel like we didn't cover everything, go to communityhealthcore.com. There's a page about PrevNet as well. But again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed this.